Everybody, welcome to Tender Friends, the only podcast about chicken tenders and chicken nuggets. I'm Michael Walker. And I'm Eric Wilson. Welcome to week two of Chef Month. Uh, last week, we had Chef Eric Greenspan from Eat Boo Boo's on. Uh, we talked about ghost kitchens, talked about how hard it is to keep a restaurant open in LA. Eat Boo Boo's? I think that's, I mean, that's, oh, that's maybe, their, maybe that's, that's their, their handle. Their handle? It's okay. just Boo Boo's. It's just Boo Boo's. Birds, burgers, and burgers. Boo Boo's, bur- birds, and burgers. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, but at Eat Boo Boo's if you want to follow them. Um, <laughs> And uh, and uh, we also talked about how they make their uh, delicious chicken. And now, uh, after we've gathered up those tips and tricks, we're moving on to week two. Do you think you got some good stuff in the bank? I do. Yeah. yeah. There were some things that like I knew I wanted to do, but I forgot about. So okay. watching him do it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's one of the things. Did you write it down? And then today, I was like, that's another thing. Oh. I was stealing. I got, I'm stealing I've stolen things from both weeks so far. Eric's coming for uh, me. Yeah, I got I to gotta win one of these fucking things. You're not going to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I was so confident last time. So confident. I was very confident. And you got beat. I didn't get... Okay, You got beat by like five points. Okay, would you go back and check? Because I said two last week. No, was it five? He's so proud that he won. What's the... the point system how does that we create we agreed we upon a rubric, a rubric and we had uh, we had two people blind taste test them yeah. and fill out a rubric for each one and mine came out ahead yeah what uh what are the qualifications what are the points Oof, it was two years ago i don't even remember yeah it, it was mean, definitely appearance yeah appearance, taste taste uh I, crispiness or breading was probably one of them i think it was five things there was five on yeah. a scale of four you know yeah so mm-hmm. then you would add up those. to 20 so like appearance like i look at this tender right and i see like a poodle you know kind of uh-huh. like the way the <laughs> chocolate <laughs> yeah. lab like, a, like the chocolate way, yeah poodle. Uh, the, the uh the way like the i don't know the fold of the, that's uh, why i won yeah. because you had a nice nice i had a nice chocolate poodle nice yeah chocolate he, he poodle. used he used like flour base which is what i'll be doing this time yeah. but i did alert. use that yeah and i probably did like cornmeal or breadcrumbs or something did, yeah. yeah probably i think i might have, i think i did both it was a 50 and that was like one of the big turnoffs for these judges yeah so and i've learned my lesson oh, you're playing it's hard to the judges this time cornmeal yeah. breading to stick really well too it can it can well uh, that's the thing it stuck too well i think <laughs> it was like it was like catfish like fried catfish you know kind of gritty i do gritty yeah. on fried green tomatoes that's about yeah i'll do corn i fell in love with it because i had we had a few places that had them and then I was, and I got like too much obsessed with it. And I forgot that I was adding other things. Yeah, yeah. So it got yeah, to yeah. a point where it was just cornmeal, <laughs> and I was like, wait, wait, wait. And I then I this forgot. Tastes like sand. This is just <laughs> sand. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went back, and I was, I just stopped doing it. Um. So it won't be happening this time. Okay, good. But I've picked up some things along the way, and I'm excited to talk about uh, this week's chicken because uh, we've done it a few times. We've talked about it a bunch, uh, but f- uh, cannabis infused chicken tenders. Are something that we've tried, we've I think succeeded maybe. Yeah, we've done it together but, three times, right? Um, yeah, total. Yeah, yeah, but we've talked about it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this week we actually have an expert chef on to tell us how he does it and other ways to do it um, to really you know have some expertise because we kind of just look up things online and just try to mimic it. Barely. Sometimes it works. We barely look. It I've up looked online. it up every time. Okay. I've never really 
Not while we're cooking, though. I'm like, I think oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, so why don't you introduce our guest? Well, he owns Altered Plates with his sister, Rachel Birkins. Pronounced correctly? Uh, Burkhan. Burkhan. Wow. That was my biggest fear. Long, when I was writing that, I was so afraid oh, it's of It's okay. Don't worry about it. I let him. I usually introduce <laughs> the guest and I let him do yeah, it. Yeah, he let week, me do it. He already fucked Stepping it up. up. He's worked in the kitchens of Maud, Soho House, and Kraft. He's been featured at, at the James Beard House. He cultivates hemp and cannabis. He's friends with Mike and Mary Jane of Weed and Grub. And he's made the best cake I've ever had. Hey. He's Holden Jagger. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank, yeah, this was a this was a pretty big ask because not only did you have to, where do you live? Uh, part of town, Topanga Canyon. Okay, that's guys, far. That's far, right? You guys been there? Before? I've been up there. That's, I, yeah. that's nice. You got a girlfriend? You take her hiking? Right? No, there's a really nice old man that lives up there. Not not Tony Moore. That you visit? No, the it's guy not. at the bottom of the hill. No. Okay. Okay. No, it's not. I shot a documentary about a dude at an old uh, at place I used to work, and he lived in Topanga Canyon. I really? worked there like once a week for like four or five weeks. What was his name? Uh, Joe Blaustein. Joe Blaustein. My wife grew up there. Okay. Um, remind well, me on the way out. Well, he probably lived there too. No, I mean, I'm, I mean, she, you know, super I, great dude. She knows everybody. Like some guy honked at her, and she was in a foul mood the other day. She's like, "Okay, Sammy." <laughs> 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 like, I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. You know? Yeah, I definitely will because that dude's what a is great that dude. Thumping. That's probably me. I get a little oh. excited. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> but Aaron, but also going, stop. Going <laughs> Uh, so, but you also grew up in LA. I did. I yeah. grew up in Van Nuys, California. Okay. So, how far is Topanga Canyon? Um, it's like by Malibu, well, right? Yeah. So, okay. wow. so this was a bit of this was a fucking drive. Yeah. Wow. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. I didn't, you know, because Michael obviously handled all the communication. But man, that's far. So when, thank, when I you really live appreciate in LA, you when you grow on. up here, at least it just doesn't seem as yeah. far. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like it's it, part of the it's part of part of it's yeah. It's like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna spend like three hours in your car every day for. Yeah, that was totally my mindset moving out here. I was like, I'm just going to accept it before I get there. Yeah, and then it will never bother me, and that's worked. I don't mind traffic. It's not awful. Yeah, yeah. no. But people visit and they're like, this sucks. And I'm like, well, shut the fuck up. Then they you remind got traffic me how much in your sucks. city too. You know, I, I've like, had people from like Denver over that like complained about traffic in LA, and I'm like, I've spent time in Denver where it was like. What, what is this traffic even about? Like, yeah. It's just, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> they stopped to see I'm a like, moose. Where, yeah, like, what, <laughs> what, what are you guys so, in, like, what, what are you here for yeah. in <laughs> the first place? Like, <laughs> why, why are so many of you here? Denver, uh, Den- so this is interesting. So you're an L.A. native, but Denver natives hate L.A. natives. Really? Because a lot of L.A. natives have moved to Denver. Huh. To escape LA and all the people that move here, so LA, LA natives hate other outsiders. I'd say just stay here and hate the people that come. You know, yeah. Yeah. it's way better. <laughs> it's a different. Yeah. It's a totally different like climate and shit. Like you're oh, I change in life. My sinuses are not in designed for that elevation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's up there. Snow, though. I, I mean, I do. I get a sinus infection every time I go. Really? Yeah. It's because you were born here. It's uh, you know. It's, I you got be, those. I gotta be. Like, there's the, no smog here. I need. I need a high particulate <laughs> level. Um, unhealthy standards seem yeah. to work really well for me. Uh, you know, on the this building doesn't have a. This building may cause cancer. Sign on it. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> Why does exactly. every building I, in LA I, have that? You got to think you go other places. The buildings probably still got the stuff that yeah. causes the cancer. No, we right? just have the law that says <laughs> you have to have say it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. It's not just here. Well, thank you again for making the trip and then cooking for us, and that was that was very very yeah. Kind I kind of just came in time, and fried so chicken you. real quick. Right? That's yeah. right. That's the best. You type walked of in, guest. we met you. You made us chicken, and now we're here. <laughs> That's kind of what happens every time. And someone makes chicken, <laughs> and we yeah. meet someone, and then we talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. That's the premise of Tender Friends, really quickly. 
Um, but yeah, you made us some chicken, and now um, I think we're going to talk about you. Okay. And then we're going to talk about um, kind of weed infused chicken and how that is made and done and done correctly um, while we eat this chicken. So yeah, let's start by eating in. the chicken because it right. looks amazing. Uh, but first, tell us what we're gonna do with the with the weed oil here, um, or, or whatever so this is. So one drop of this, uh, it's a tincture, I guess okay. is a good way to say it. It's a suspension of uh, cannabis distillate, which is a concentrated form of THC or the available cannabinoids that were in a plant that were extracted, right? Mm-hmm. So in a plant, there's not just THC, there's not just CBD, there's lots of different phytochemicals which are. Uh, plant-based chemicals, um, such as even terpenes, are, are captured in this um, sort of process. Mm-hmm. Uh, distillate captures these terpenes and the cannabinoids sort of separately. So this concentrate, I have... Man, I should have brought my index cards. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. um, this, this concentrate has been sort of just mathematically um, put into suspension in ratio mm-hmm. uh, to the serving size, which is the desired serving size, which is a drop, and mm-hmm. how many cannabinoids I want to have in that. So, And I'm focused on THC uh, with this. It's a lot less complicated than, mm-hmm. than people uh, want you to think. Uh, infusing food can be pretty precise, um, considering... I've not been precise. Yeah, uh, you want to yeah, be yeah, precise. Yeah. <laughs> For a lot of my life, I was not precise. Uh, like, and... When you're dealing with this from a professional perspective, obviously you want to have control in the environments that you're putting people in. You want to have the people that have trust in you, Yeah, that you're not going to get them too inebriated or anything like that. Right. I mean, I've been doing these weed-infused dinners, events, and things like that for... This will be four years uh, in, in the, the, in the, within three months. Cool. So um, in, in that... You know, the question I probably answered the most is, does this have weed in it? Yeah. And and more and more often the answer now is no, because there's so much consumption of all sorts going on. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes um, I'm just there to smile and do education and make good food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you always offer, do you always offer distillate? Uh, this would be something I put together much more for like a private dinner. Sure, than, sure. Than, than something that is industry facing and like yeah now did you sorry no go for it did you say this was avocado oil Uh, i think that is avocado oil and what does that mean uh so i use so i try to use things like there are avocado allergies you know usually i'll try to use things that are lower on um allergy stuff but i think Mm -hmm. i made this one for somebody who was doing a plant-based meal okay so it made the most sense to just use the thing that they probably eat all the time wait sorry how do you extract it then um, so what I'll do is I'll just take the distillate, which either can come in uh, a dablicator, you know, those little pens that you can click and yeah. literally just, and I'll weigh it out and I'll know how many cannabinoids it tested for per that weight, uh, and then create a ratio of oil to that so that the suspension equals, uh, one milligram per drop. Okay. Wow. Cool. Just dilution, just dilution basically. Yeah. Just to dilute that, you know, little bit yeah. of oil. Cause it essentially is a fat. Uh, the suspensions don't last like really, really long time, but I throw it in the freezer or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. usually for every dinner or event, I'll go back and do an, another one. But for us, I mean, we can just yeah, yeah, we can just yeah. make this. This it'll, is great. It'll get you hot anyway. Yeah, this <laughs> is perfect. cool. So uh, let's let's do the chicken. Yeah, get the chicken, and then I don't know how much uh, you guys want to consume, but you know, we can get you as high as you want to get. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, well, what time? Is so we're gonna drop these little this little tincture on top of the chicken. 
And yeah, now well, does you know, this? You can go into the sauce. You can go. You want yeah. some of the the tonkatsu over the top? I'm good. You're good on that. Yeah. Oh, I'll do it. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um. Now, do you think this is something that helps with like uh, with it? When you cook with it and like butter or something, it burns off a little bit. Yeah, Does this help so save that as well? This will this will be a real precise way for me to to dose somebody. Yeah. Right. Because if if we're cooking with it, we're heating the oil. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime you heat it, you have this um, denatury um, or a change of the the ratio. Right. So we're either gonna, you know. Um, activate some cannabinoids that haven't been activated let's say if it was not a full thc like you know because distillate can be uh thc in the acid form yeah as well um so you can have you can have basically this distillate that has been uh not heated the entire time like they have the cold press stuff and and then they have the other stuff that's like been heated and steamed off and that is actually decarbon you can just eat it mm-hmm. um so depending on what what form of distillate you're working with that but the thc um on its own is is already activated yeah so for for this you're able to just um be precise and give somebody exactly what they're looking for versus the other thing where it's like i could put 10 milligrams and then cook the chicken yeah but there's no real guarantee that oil didn't leach out or yeah that's pretty much what we've done every time yeah Yeah. you don't know you don't really know where the fat's gonna go and the fat's probably gonna you know transmute out and Mm -hmm. there's no guarantee that it's gonna keep the thc in with it or uh or not yeah, yeah. I that feel like I was sense. when we were making the nuggets last time. I feel like I watched the THC just leave the nugget, <laughs> like <laughs> he said when that, we injected yeah. it's like it. Soul. Yeah, I, w- I just saw it drip out. I was like, "There's gonna be nothing in that nugget." <laughs> so how much? How much do you want? Um, uh, probably like five, right? Does that uh, sound right? I was just gonna say uh, medium high. I mean, that's you know, five milligrams is a pretty mellow dose, right? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Sure. I'll, I'll go. I, mean, I have to drive. Let me. I'll go. I'll go five because I'll probably have another one. Yeah, that's also what I was thinking. Because yeah. I have these. I just bought gummies. Like I never buy edibles, but uh, I bought gummies. There were ten. And they didn't really do anything. Uh oh. Ooh, instantly, just like an amazing tear on that. Great tear. I'm a terror. I would like want to give you points, but I don't want to <laughs> subject you to our stupid rubric. I'm gonna go ahead. Yeah. It's really good. Thank you. It has like a. It's like a flakiness to the crunch that it's not really, really good. It's not, there's not a lot of resistance, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, yes, it's crunchy. It's, it's flaky, but it's soft. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's not like, I mean, I feel like everybody at a certain point, no matter where you lived, like had the same chicken nugget tender at their high school, you know, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Cisco or whoever it was like had the, you know, like across the board and Anger like, Mark. Yeah, and you had that one that was like it was breaded. I mean, that thing like if it's the right person cooking it in the back or reheating it or whatever in the back could make it into magic. It felt like. But yeah, 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 yeah. It was like there was always a real like toughness texture to it, sort of thing. Yeah, and this like it has like it, the flakiness of the cr- the crunch gives. I feel like often we have tenders that we only talk about the breading really there's not that much chicken but like this yeah. is like so chicken forward mm-hmm. which is amazing <laughs> the tenders are we just have we forward. don't see that that often and this is really like it's great in trump's america we never see that we never <laughs> see that yeah what what would you say made it that way um well a lot i mean sometimes i think we over treat the chicken okay and 
And even though like the intention with that is to, to sort of create this texture out of the chicken, not even like seasoning it or anything like that can kind of, you know, it's the, it's the, the, the speed at which it was cooked versus like brining it or, mm -hmm. or doing all of these things to it with the intention to like create this texture versus just letting the chicken cook internally at a lower temperature because the breading itself can take a higher temperature. Yeah. So it has cornstarch. It has all purpose flour. It has a little baking powder in it as well. Just sort of like create something that is sort of insulating the uh, chicken and allowing it to, to sort of cook a little bit more slowly, even though the outside is actually like really crisp and able to take a lot of heat. Damn. I have a question. Yeah. So, was it the, I think it was the first cook-off we did. Mm -hmm. My oil was way <laughs> oh, yeah. too hot. Way too hot. And I didn't know that. I put them in. Yeah. This fucker cooked in like 25 seconds. Just too quick. Just boom. Like, and it, the breading was so dark, I pulled it out. I was like, fuck. And then we cut into it. And it was raw in the middle. No. It was fully cooked. It was fully cooked. And he's my witness. It was like 30 seconds. It was, per I would think it was under 30 seconds and it was perfect. And I, cause I instantly put it in and it like, it like browned up. It was very chicken forward too, right? Very chicken forward. I don't know, man. You use the, the breadcrumbs. Nah, it was breadcrumbs. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a crunchy guy. Uh, but this is a great breading. This is like subtle and like, uh, it's almost like the way it sticks to the chicken is almost like a batter, but it's like ele elevated. You know? so you're gonna say Elton John. It's Elton, Elton John, John battered. Like Elton John. It's really do you wanna, do gay you chicken. One? Yeah, I do, for sure. Um, but why, why, why do you think that cooked through like that? Because we were legit scared. We're like, all right, we can eat it. It's like fully white. But I mean, if it gets up to temp, it's cooked, right? That quickly? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's it, it's a possibility. It depends on how hot the oil is. The oil can get up to like 550 degrees if it's smoking, smoking. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, when you when you do put chicken in really hot oil, it drops the temperature quite a bit too. You know, like yeah. oftentimes you want to drop it while it's smoking and then put it all in. It's going to drop the temperature down a lot, but that's also when it'll come back up on you really quick. So mm -hmm. that's when you turn, yeah, yeah. turn the turn the gas down a little bit on it too. Do you have any tips for us um, like in the actual like frying of it? Because you use Crisco. I, I use Crisco. Crisco has a really high smoke point. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can buy it at the grocery store and it's solid at room temp. That tells you a lot about how far um, it, it can go in the other direction. Yeah. Um, and also a cast iron skillet. A cast iron skillet's what my grandma always fried her chicken in. And... Um, you know, another thing about like the chicken cooking and, and having the texture that you want. Uh, I was I was raised thinking my grandma cooked buttermilk fried chicken mm -hmm. my whole my whole childhood. I, when I got a job in a restaurant, um, it was a New Orleans style restaurant. It's called Town Hall in San Francisco. They made vats of buttermilk fried chicken. You know, and then I took. Took time, went back to. I would love to fall in a vat of buttermilk. <laughs> butter well, they injected. They injected everyone with with the butter with clarified Holy butter, crap. With clarified wow. butter, and and uh, it was like uh, I'm trying to remember the French word for it. It's like uh, onion spoon. It's like you basically take onions and you cook them until they're like sauce. Mm -hmm. It's clarified butter, cayenne pepper, and this like just liquefied onion. Oh. Injected in with the little Cajun, like every piece, breast. Well, like, and the butcher would just sit there and then throw it in the vat of buttermilk, like, 
it was it was amazing. It was like Damn. Work, I working there like took years off my life. <laughs> <laughs> fried fried mac and cheese and that oh, it's just like it um <clears throat> Yeah. So the cast iron helps uh, but, with the smoke point? But I always thought that my grandma marinated her chicken and buttermilk. You know? yeah. So I, I took this time off and, and went went back to Arizona, and I, I, I saw her there. And I was like, oh, yeah, we do buttermilk fried chicken just like you do. And she's like, I don't do buttermilk fried chicken. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, hey, you, you do buttermilk. She's like, no, oh, man, I make fried chicken in like 10 minutes. Like, mm. I take a brown bag, <laughs> I put salt in it with the chicken, and I leave it out on the counter. And then I take scoops of flour, and I shake it up in the brown bag, and I put it in the, while the thing's marinating in Crisco. It's, it takes me like 10, 15 minutes to get it in the pot. I'm like, you don't use? Wow. She's like, I don't know anyone in Kentucky that has that much buttermilk. You know what we do with buttermilk in Kentucky? We pour it over our cornbread and eat it like pudding. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. that's, one, that's the one way to do She's it. She's like, my, you know... What what region is buttermilk more? Is that I guess it is the south. It's where yeah. I mean. So you historically would find buttermilk in places where they raised cow. Local. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, buttermilk is is a byproduct of uh, butter churning itself. So it is it is what doesn't churn into butter yeah. when they churn butter. Yeah. So that's why it has this incredibly high butterfat content, but it also is like a little bit of like water that can't get somehow made into. I mean, there's a thing about like that, that we're making a lot of butter. Yeah. If they're selling like jugs of this stuff, right? At the, yeah. <laughs> the grocery store. Yeah. So wouldn't like, it be a Midwest thing? Yeah. I mean, like I know I cows was, in the South too. They got cows everywhere. Oh yeah, this is true. Yeah. Go yeah. to Petaluma. I'm they got cows up there's there. Cows. There's cows. I yeah. think it's southern because it's like I've seen a cow before, guys. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you use buttermilk in like decadent, like southern decadence. Yeah. Foods. I, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I, I would just assume that even though there is buttermilk in, you know, all over, it just seems to have this real resonance with, cause it's the, the South, just anything that's unhealthy. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can we put some put more of that, that on? Yeah, 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 definitely. It's like, oh, you know, you have this corn stuff and a few beans and we're just going to cook it in dairy and, uh, yeah. you know. Like, oh, we got corn. We should turn that into bread. Yeah, corn. That oh, we got <laughs> cornbread. We should turn that into pudding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you suggest using Crisco then? Crisco and a cast iron. Cast iron is really going to hold the, the heat. It's going to mm-hmm. retain um, a lot of the you know heat as you add chicken. As you and, yeah. and also if you're using it like you know as a workhorse, if you're frying mm-hmm. chicken for a bunch of people, um, it's really easy to sort of maintain that. And, yeah. You know get pretty consistent chicken out of it mm-hmm. throughout throughout their uh, cooking time. Do you have any thoughts of having about having the chicken fully submerged? No, I mean I I obviously in restaurants we've always used deep fryer, right? Um you but then go to like places like Hatchet Hall, right? You guys ever been down there? They do Sunday fried chicken. Mm. You should go, honestly. Uh, Where's it at? Uh it is uh Mar Mar Vista. Mm. So it's west of the 405. <laughs> I know you just traveled from Topanga Canyon. <laughs> I'm the Los Angeles. There's We're no, east, there's baby. nowhere east I'll east. go. You know, I'll wake up in the morning on Sunday and drive from Topanga to Monterey Park, and you know, it's just wow. that's just where you go to get dim sum, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, Brian Dunsmore, really, really talented chef. He does Sunday fried chicken. He does all his ca- all his chicken out of cast irons. 
Mm. Um, and that makes sense. I feel like that's the way you want to always do it. That's the way right? your grandma people did don't it, have you know? Them. It's hard. Everybody, like, I, yeah, I, feel I feel like our generation has rediscovered the cast iron. Yeah. They're not that expensive. Yeah. No, I mean, we're all real poor. I just, so think, I just think growing up, I, I mean, we didn't, I don't think we had a cast iron. My right? mom, I don't think my mom ever used a cast yeah. iron. But it oh. make, that's the way, that's the old school way you want to do it. I have a cast iron from, um, from my German grandmother, great grandmother. Um, Ona, Olga, something, something very. I don't know her. (laughs) (laughs) That's from 1890. Oh, maybe I do know her. She cooked. uh, She cooked on a chuck wagon out in Chicago. So like the people would, you know, she would go back and forth from like Oklahoma to to Chicago on driving cattle and cooking Mm -hmm. like beans. On and this is the this is the skillet. Yeah, that, like my grand, my mom like now like fries latkes and does fried chicken. And That's stuff. so cool. Yeah. But in the 1890s, it was also a weapon. It was. I mean, it's. It was like it's don't a, steal my cart. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bash you Back with the this. Fuck up. I'll bash you with it. It's like 14 inches. It's 1890 massive. Chicago. That was a dangerous place. <laughs> you needed a cast iron skillet. It would deflected Tommy gun bullets. Yeah, absolutely. You can't get no fucking Al Capone bullets through that thing. <laughs> um, all right. So I have another piece of chicken here. I'm gonna add uh, a little more tincture. I've already had three pieces of chicken. Did you? Have, but you haven't had any tincture on it. I had, I did on my second piece. Sure. Oh, oh. Do, should I do it? Go for it. <laughs> it's, like, it's just a drop, so it doesn't matter how much is in that. So let's talk about you. Okay. You are from. I'm from LA. I um. We've established that, Michael. I'm start, starting from the beginning. Okay. I started, Tell us how you started. I started. Uh, well. So I'm a, I'm a cannabis chef now. Yeah. Right. Um, I been doing it for a while. I was a chef first. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I became a cannabis chef. But here's the real secret: is that when I was in high school, uh, I got busted selling pot cookies. Okay. And they tried to kick me out, or they almost kicked me out. Um, but I went to Marijuana Anonymous. Mm. Mm. The court mandated? No, with my dad. Okay. And uh, he was in it too. No, but he was like sober at that point. He smokes weed. Yeah. Uh, he he uh, he enjoys a good CBD strain. He was asking me today about uh, now that with all the hoopla about the vapes, if yeah, he, if he should abandon say. his three to one that he's yeah. come so fond of. And like I'm like, no man, it's fine. You you're one puff a day. It's not yeah. gonna like it's not gonna yeah, kill you. Yeah. My mom sends me a new article every day. Yeah, like I that's what it is. These shitty te- shitty teens like <laughs> smoking them nonstop. I mean, there's DMT vape pens, guys. I what? Think, yeah. Yeah, well, then that's maybe not a chicken <laughs> subject, but I want to do DMT really bad though. Well, it's in vape form DM, now. It's, vape it's a whole lot easier. You can do it at the movie to. theater. I just not like you could sh- do it in the car. I mean, that traffic <laughs> is so terrible. I mean, I'm your home in a gym. Uh, how isn't that like a one-time thing, DMT? Or you do do you microdose it? Or what? I feel like I mean, I never needed to do it after I had one. T- I mean, there were many times to get there, but at a certain point, that was. That was it. Mm-hmm. I was good. I never needed to do it again. Yeah. I mean, okay. That's what I feel like. You you shouldn't you shouldn't need a vape pen for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It a, shouldn't. That's... It shouldn't be that accessible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, it really yeah, shouldn't. That's be. a life. All, that's a question. Your life, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I would that? do it. Um. So yeah. So you started as a chef, obviously. Yes. And I, w- I was thinking like you had to start it as a chef yeah, so first, right? I feel like every cook kind of has a moment when they're like, I need a break from this, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that for me happened in 2015, no matter what, you know, that was kind of like my, my time. I'd, I got two kids. I'd, I'd, 
done a whole lot of really cool things. I was at 30 under 30, got, you know, I got to where I wanted to get to yeah. mm-hmm. um, in the time that I did. I didn't have any doubts about what I was like, what I was doing with my life. I'm a natural cook. Like I just, you know, it's just yeah. something that comes easy to me. I'm a multitasker. Um, I'm a good leader, not a good uh, manager though. Mm-hmm. So when it came to this, like I have a corporate job and like I crush it in HR, like all these things that yeah. like I was also good at, like didn't fulfill me in any way, shape or yeah, form, yeah, like yeah. writing people up and like, like none of that stuff made me happy. So like at a certain point you're like, you know, you're this great chef, you're doing really talented food and you're like, oh fuck, I got to feed my family and like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go take a job that like allows me to do that. At so, what age, sorry, what age did you start thinking about? Cooking as like that's the profession you want to go into. Probably like seventeen. Okay, it's probably I was about a senior in high school. We were throwing parties, and I spend the whole time in the kitchen. Nice. You know, I mean, it was just it was, it was natural for for my sister and I were both just like hospitality people. Yeah. Um, so you've always been cooking for for parties and people, but you also worked in restaurants. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I, I started in as a kid, you know, cooking for my Feeding friends. For, yeah, yeah. And then it naturally developed into. I want to get a job in a restaurant. My mom was like, okay, I was a short order cook in college. I'll, I'll get you a job. And she got me a job as an apprentice at a sushi bar uh, in the Valley. Very, very traditional. I took some time off from college. I was going to San Francisco State. And um, it was crazy. You know, 14 hours a day, no money. They didn't pay me. They didn't let me take tips. Uh, I was living with my parents. So, I mean, it was fine. But like... Yeah. The idea was that, like, you know, like, this is, like, go go figure out what this is like. I, yeah. I don't regret any of it. I don't think it was legal under California state law. <laughs> form, but like, yeah, don't say that restaurant's name. When I uh, when I became a chef, it was definitely something I could always, like, look at a cook who was, like, you know, like, bothering me, I guess, and just mm-hmm. be like, you know, I worked for free. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're getting paid to do this work. It's right, not that right, bad. Right, right, um, right. So... You know, those those little bits of, of passion drove me pretty far, I would say. And, and I, I had a really good arc of a career. And eventually I just, I knew I needed a break no matter what. Like, yeah. whether I was going to go be an electrician or this or that and the other. Um, I, I'd worked in grow rooms a lot during my career because it was a way for me to make extra money. Yeah. Uh, cooking doesn't pay kids. If you want to know the truth, you better really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> better really love it. Um, so yeah, I, I'd, I'd had a really strong, um, participation in cannabis for a long time. And I did, uh, I did see it as a way for me to try to make, uh, make a, a you know, a different direction mm-hmm. and, you know, like to all, spice up like being a chef. Well, yeah, like, like an all something cool. All great Los Angeles stories. I I did a you know TV show. We were gonna do a TV show, right? Yeah. I spent like twenty thousand dollars to make a YouTube tra- <laughs> teaser. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. that's like still out there today. Um, I I don't regret it. Again, like getting those ideas, sort of like getting yeah. the chance to sort of talk about these things, and it wasn't like. And who doesn't have a YouTube video if you yeah. if you live in LA? <laughs> that yeah, that who does like right? Kind of embarrassed about, but it was fun. But I ain't taking it down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's yeah, part right, of the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, you know, you can look back and be like, look how far you'll be all right, come. bud. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, it was like this, you know, we're going to do a TV show, cannabis cooking. Nobody's ever done that. And then like at the same time, like four other people yeah. are doing the exact same thing. I mean, and, you know, those are the contemporaries that I'm like up there with now. Um, you know, social consumption is part of this conversation. Now you got Lowell Farms Cafe. Opening yeah. Up. 
uh, we got a chance to participate in the West Hollywood application. We actually were attached to one of the licenses that won. Uh, we weren't able to, to continue with uh, that group after after a little bit of time. But, you know, I see I see a massive amount of future in, in that space. I think it's going to be, you know, a big, big future is that, like, just like there's bars, there's going to be sort of cannabis consumption spaces. Yeah, that, yeah. And even, like, the act of smoking or any of that stuff, like, their beverage market, all of that stuff, science is going to, like, get involved. Yeah, You're going to sure. be able to go and get, like, a little drink. It's going to, like, just ruin you, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you already could. I Right now, I, I got... Um, Lagunitas Brewing Company yep. makes the... The Hi-Fi's. The Hi-Fi. They're, they, they grow on you, too. But there's also no reason why it couldn't be 100 milligrams. No. Because it's just tincture, I, I think. Mean, yeah, it's, uh, they, they got it. It's absolute, so they probably just use distillate. Um, what... They're not. They're not the nano particulate. They're not selling that, at least. You know, they don't talk about that. Oof. There's uh, the, the Hi-Fi people. There's a lot of... Uh, some of these... You know, people are like, "Oh, it's nano particulars, eight minutes and onset, and you know, it gets you really eight high. minute onset." Yeah, really? I mean, I've had I've had a few things like that. I mean, I, I really think once technology starts to come into play, like you're going to be able to like have that beverage in your hand that like will mimic the effects of alcohol a lot. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So is that the future? Is going into these restaurants and bars and and getting infused food and beverages and it? Yeah, and then going out on the patio on? or having and having a joint then. You yeah. Know? Because like I I look I, I I was very early in the like pairing thing. I grew my own pot. We we had a, a co-op. I would grow the pot. We would do pairings around it, multi-course meals, um, and I think that there's a great story there. And and I'm really passionate about farmers that grow cannabis, farmers that grow heirloom pa- cannabis that like has this connection to the land, connection to their heritage, and tells a story. Yeah. And I think that that works just like the way wine works table side. Yeah. However, not everybody wants to smoke a joint mm-hmm. while eating dinner. Totally. Um, Is that how I Lowell Farms? You can just smoke a joint? I mean, essentially, yeah. Okay. And, and you know, like they're, they're doing a great service right now. I mean, the city definitely has a need for that because I can tell you for a fact there are cannabis events every weekend. Yeah, some, yeah, somewhere yeah. Somewhere and, and, and the precautions that are – you know, what citizens and, and people that, you know, participate in the society should be afforded are not always there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've definitely been in places where I'm like, where's the fucking fire exit? <laughs> right, yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. Sketchy places. Yeah, not just, but just like, you know, like, this is not what this space is designed for, but like, this is where we are because this is what, this is what the need is right now. You know, right. it's not like the cities are on board with these weed parties in any way, shape or form. Yeah. But they happen every weekend. So right. Like, yeah. Lowell being there, it's a huge plus. There's a shining city on the hill for me. You can know? you? Like, yeah. Can you explain this permit thing? There was a bunch of people applied, and, and the West Hollywood chose four. They chose eight, uh, sixteen truly, but they gave out eight licenses that were edibles only, eight licenses that were smoking, vaping, and edibles. Mm. And I mean the licenses the, for dispensaries for on-site consumption. No. Okay. I, um, I don't understand. Like, what is edibles? Uh, to a place where you can consume edibles. I just think that they have So it can be a full-service kitchen? No. Or like a bakery? No. So the I, that, was, that was what we presented. That's what West Hollywood, play, uh, you know, West Hollywood agreed on, essentially. However, yeah. the state regulations don't allow for that. So it all comes down to, like, you go to the store, you buy a product. That product is tested. You know how many milligrams of THC, CBD, any cannabinoid 
are in that product. You also know that no contamination has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's essentially here's a tested cannabis product that you pay taxes on. Even if you as the individual participate in me being like, oh, here, I just bought this, put it into my dish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way for the state to be guaranteed that the consumer is getting what is they're supposed to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that final product, let's say I infused this chicken tender and sold it to you at a, at a restaurant. That's now the final product. That chicken tender before you eat it would need to go get tested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, then, yeah. And then somehow <laughs> find a way back in your mouth. So what is Lowell what, what Low Cafe? They're smoking. Though? They're smoking. It's just it's a place you can only. eat. Um, so you can eat there? You they can, have a great chef, right? Yeah, Andrea Drummer. She's an amazing, amazing cannabis chef. And it's just a place where it's a normal restaurant, but you can smoke there. Yeah. And they sell weed and vapes and other edibles, too, probably, right? That you, I you can eat there? I think they sell tested edibles. You can, uh, I know you can buy uh, drinks. Yeah, they do have drinks, but it's it's like, I think it's like the hi-fi hops and, right. and things yeah. like that. But, right. you, you know, like weed. So the weed isn't, the meal isn't infused? No. no. Okay. No. Got Not it. yet, though. One day... One day, yeah. I mean, maybe it's a little bit trickier because it's like, look, I've ha- I've had plays times when I'm like, oh, well, the argument that like me as like a chef, a bartender type scene can like I can infuse this and um, I can make, you know, like we can have like the presumption that like I know what I'm doing, you know, like, right? Yeah, yeah. But the idea that like. Being a licensed chef, yeah, you like, know, like, like, like I, yeah, like I could take a test. I could show you that I know how to do this yeah. precisely. Um, but the state's not there. The state's not sophisticated enough. Right, right, right. Um, and you know that is a, that is a big major area where the state does need to sort of work on what they do. Is this, you know, we have this third party oversight of food handlers. We have this third party oversight where it's like the state requires a certain amount of you know, understanding of what the employees that participate in this business do. And we don't, we don't have that yet for pot. Mm-hmm. I mean, in order to be a server of alcohol, you have to take yeah. that like examination or whatever. They, I feel like eventually one day they would have make one that is like that for weed for bud tenders. Yeah. Or... You would think. And it's cool that LA is going to be that probably that city, right? LA or Denver. I mean, Denver, like Denver Colorado. has it now. Um, I oh, they do? I don't know. Well, they don't have, like, the cafe necessarily gotcha, yeah. sort of scene. But they have consumption lounges, which mm-hmm. are places you can go and smoke. Um, and and San Francisco even has those attached to uh, certain dispensaries. So you can go places in San Francisco um, and go and buy the product and then go into the back and smoke it. And mm. they'll give you a bong and, like, you know, oh, you nice. can buy a little dab or That's this or fun. That. It is, And I know what? It's actually pretty cool. Um but at the same time, it's like they're all kind of like not quite there where they should be with hospitality and all yeah. that Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a room. It's like a yeah. shady room. It's just yeah. a room. It's not like a do. place to go and yeah. hang out. Which is what Lowell is, you know? Yeah. And like, they have a dab bar there. Yeah. Hmm. Do some dabs. We you should know. go. I'll go. All right. So uh, you went to college. Yeah. And then you left. And then yeah. you, and you were the, the, I was cooking. the sous chef slave. I went to sous chef land. I did that here in LA mostly. I worked at Kraft, okay, uh, in Century City, Tom Colicchio's restaurant. Mm-hmm. I did by uh, slave. I meant the unpaid internship. That you oh did. no, yeah, no, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, an yeah. apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that was the sushi bar. I yeah. moved back to San Francisco, got a job or two, worked mm-hmm. in kitchens up there for a little while. Graduated from college, met my wife at that time, um, 
she got a job as a PA on a TV show, and I was like, oh, I can kind of cook anywhere. Yeah. And Topanga's not bad, so we'll move there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did love San Francisco, but, I mean, within two years, it wasn't the city that I knew anymore. And now when I go up there for work, I'm like, what is this place? It's, yeah, yeah. It's so crazy now. What year was that? I left in 2009. Okay. Um, we had a kid by 2010. Okay. So shit went quick. Yeah. Uh, so it's a Topanga Canyon romance. Topanga Canyon romance. Uh, and <laughs> she's um, peeing. She was peeing. She was. Canyon. She, yeah, that's uh, pretty far. Well, it was Bradford, so it wasn't. Oh, that's not bad. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, I would definitely get a call, especially when she got pregnant and was still working on the show. And it's like I'd get a call like every day that she was like losing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I got home at like midnight, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Calling me at like nine, like I haven't, I haven't, I haven't you know, like this is. Um, this is traffic in LA. This is what you wanted. I <laughs> yeah. just moved here for this. Um, I work but, at Radford now. Yeah. yeah that's where I'm at. It's nice over there. Yeah, it's cute. Well, well quite yeah. a lot. It's a lot cute. of old people. A lot of old people yeah. over there. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have a real soft spot in my heart for the Valley. I grew up out there. And yeah. I, I do most of my business there still. It's, you know, it's a place you can go and get shit done without having to park in some of the worst parking lots I've ever been in. Yeah, mm-hmm. most definitely. I mean, this is, there's some, there's some, par- there's a Trader Joe's parking lot not far from here that is so bad. The one on La Brea? Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, I love it. It's like the worst parking lot that has ever been. Yep. It's, it's really terrible. Yeah. There's like only one entrance, but there's three <laughs> exits and only two of them are accessible. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. And it like backs up on the, the one Brea. near the Grove. No, it's the one by, uh, there's a Ralph's. Yeah. Uh, diagonally across from it, it's like thirty yeah. La Brea. And, it's and, awful. And, and it's near the Grove. It was terrible when I was There's in high school. Across from the Grove. It's like one yeah. of those things that you think they'd fix at a certain point. Like yeah. Thirty nah, years later. It's like, no, it's uh, protected. There's no it's protected. safe. <laughs> protected by LA. <coughs> There's it's, no safe this, Trader Joe's parking this lot. This isn't. Oh, they're they're all bad. You yeah, know, every really every are. Trader Joe's. It's like the one Wawa. by the one by Radford's really bad too, where mm-hmm. that the yep. used to. That's be. awful. Yeah. That's like a Wawa in Philly. All Wawa parking lots are awful. They're bad. Yeah. Um, so then you went to Kraft? I went to Kraft. Kraft was uh, basically where I learned how to be really serious mm-hmm. about it. You know, like I was really passionate always, I think. Um, this was like your boot camp. This was like boot camp. It, yeah. it, taught, me, it taught me all the techniques. It taught me all the, um, I mean, you know depth of knowledge about food itself like mm-hmm. ingredients and and yeah. you know like you got like you introduced to all sorts of spices that you'd never heard of before and you spend you know you spend three four years there and you're gonna come out the other end like you actually should i know what i'm doing like, yeah and that was that was uh that was a great thing for me um it was great for my career i did that for a while i left i came back and then uh when i did finally leave i went to a restaurant called the muddy leak and that was a restaurant that was in Culver City in the Arts District um, that I ran with a buddy of mine, Whitney Flood, who um, I think lives in Connecticut now. Okay. And um, it was a small spot. <clears throat> we made really awesome food, and I got really, really into bread there. Okay. Cool. So I started doing sourdough bread. I would drive around with my starter in my car. Yeah, like, yeah. I was out of my mind, essentially. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love bread, too, so it's totally fine. So I did... I did I did that, and uh, I did bread um, real obsessive. Like, uh, I was working upstairs. The the kitchen um, prep space was upstairs, and the oven itself was downstairs. So I would just, like, run up and down, <laughs> yeah. like, talking to my phone. Siri said a five-minute time, like, just, like, <laughs> you know, like, running around uh, baking, and then I would do lunch service while I would do it. So, like, you know, I 
I'd always worked in restaurants with kind of like both because I had savory skills. So like mm-hmm. while I was doing pastry pretty exclusively, like, you know, there was no doubt in the sous chef's mind. Like I knew how to clean shrimp or I knew how to do all these other yeah, sort of yeah. things because I had the original background in doing the, the sushi. Um, and I always looked at myself as like, how could I be the best asset for a restaurant rather than like, how can I be like Mr. Pastry? Like, yeah. And I think that really helped me when I started to get my other jobs. Um, when I left and went to mod after, uh, Muddy Leak, uh, you know, I, I was working for like a really amazing pastry chef, which like, while I can make thousands of different desserts and cakes and all sorts of stuff, I am not the like precise fruit fruit plater or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, like I, they called me squiggles because it was like, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this squiggle on the plate here? And she's like, what'd you say? And I'm like, yeah, what the, and like, like I'm a silly fun guy in kitchens. I try to keep it really light and like, you know, I did my best at that place, but it was, it was a hard space. Like, at mod? Know, yeah, I mean, yeah. And opening a restaurant's really tough. We were working 16 hour days. Oh, you were there when it opened? Yeah. Okay. And like, it's just, it was, you know, it, it took five months of my life and it felt like, 20 yeah yeah yeah. like you know you i'm like what if i tried tried to do the math on it several times i get lost pretty quick it's like what if i so if i worked a normal job for five months it would be this many hours and then i worked that job which was like literally like 16 to 18 hours a day yeah yeah you know and i'm like what is that and it was six days a week because i was the bread guy sure <laughs> yeah bread so, guy always gets the hours <laughs> bread guy, oh yeah because they're, they're not paying you for it we were all salaried um so, so that was really intense, and then I ended up at Soho House, uh, and I worked with um, one of my best friends there. His name's Mikey Magliano. Um, he was just uh, up at the Hall of Flowers and dragged me up there, and I got to see Mike and Mike and Oh, Mike yeah, and, they were up there, yeah, yeah. He was He was on their podcast and stuff, and that was, that's really fun that he's, like, now um, actually in the, in the cannabis space. Yeah. Um, in, in a little bit uh, here and there, I mean... He he's like he tells me he's I'm not a cannabis chef he he calls me the terpene chef first first celebrity <laughs> terpene chef he thinks the whole cannabis chef thing is funny because he's like all food is drugs everyone's always known this we're all, we're all just drug chefs anyways that's funny yeah so after Soho House that was the last was that, that was the last? the last straw for me I was I was pretty much you know I was in need of a break without a doubt um, and I did leave my last day there. Real happy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, I puttered about a bit, um, and I, I figured, why not give the weed chef thing a go? It kind of, like, really just happened naturally. Um, Rachel became the producer on the show. Sure. <laughs> which then became an event company and a catering yeah. thing, and now we're doing consulting and brand development and really fun, you know, exciting stuff that's... So you're happy with the with the off beaten path? You took. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I I I I used to have this joke at Soho or no Craft where I would talk because I had some friends that like left and like went and became private chefs. Yeah, it made like 125k a year. Like mm-hmm. you know, left a left a twelve dollar an hour job. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Like, like I'm like somewhere between bitter and like you know like impressed, impressed. <laughs> you know, like yeah, fucking. Yeah. Like Jealous, whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. the uh, the the phrases. I was uh, I was I was like you know, these these chefs with their choose your own adventure, you know, <laughs> like it's like you know I didn't for so long because of like the pedigree or 
buying the bullshit, like of being a good soldier and like, you know, like, yeah, going through it, going just through like everyone it, else. you know, even like, I'm sure in your guys' profession, like, I, you know, I, I grew up in LA. I know what LA's like, you know, if you're not the, if you're not the last dude out of the office in, in Hollywood sometimes, like in yeah. certain places, it's like, you know, I got a, I, my brother-in-law does, does art. And like at a certain point when he was like in his mid to late thirties, he's like, I'm not going to sit here and do a 14 hour day yeah. just cause you are. Okay. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, and like him to, him saying and putting his foot down was like, then the, that's when he started getting promoted. And that's when yeah. it's like, oh shit, that guy values his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I told you how I snuck out today. To go <laughs> yeah. They, they, they think you're still there. You yeah. know? Like, <laughs> There's still an Eric doll in the chair. I put a like, Michelin man dummy <laughs> in a chair with headphones on. <laughs> Just typing away. Like 9.30. Good for you, Eric. Um <laughs> So let's talk about the chicken we made today, then. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the the we we already talked about you know we put the tincture on top. We talked about how you make the tincture. Mm-hmm. Um, what are is so that's the number one recommended way you say to do it? Yeah, I mean if you want to know what you're giving, yeah. your your guest. Um, look, Jesus. there's your dog's hungry. <laughs> you can come home with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, she does this because she. I've, I sometimes forget I fed her, and if she does oh, that shit. again, she's, she'll give her more food. But I know I fed like, her hey, today. She's like, hey, how stoned are you? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, nah. Not today. Uh, yeah, so to, for you to know what your guest is going to get, definitely tinctures are the way to go. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think there's some, there's some value still in... You know, playing around with it, especially mm-hmm. if you're like, look, I know people that have like a 60 milligram threshold tolerance, you know, yeah. like that's where they start. Yeah. You know, people like that, like, let's fry it in butter. Let's, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's do all the things that yeah. like don't matter. And, and, but that wouldn't work, right? Frying it in, in weed butter. Yeah, it would. But wouldn't that cook we off? Did it. The, there's not enough. I mean, like it won't be super potent. It, no, I mean it depends on how you could you could probably make it pretty strong if you had like a 500 milligram yeah, butter. I mean, like, you if you made thing. some potent butter, it would take a while to truly denature it all. And um, the first time we did we, it, you could inject we, it. You could do we it fried it. Yeah. And the guy said he was high till the next day. I'm sure. So, I well, mean, we also we, ate the baked <laughs> infused ones though, and I infused the sauces. That's the problem. Yeah, so we got them high. So mission accomplished. <laughs> mission accomplished, right? Yeah, well, yeah, certainly. That's the the worst thing I think in the endeavor of doing infused food is not getting high. Yeah, yeah, all that work for nothing. I remember when I made a dish uh, as as a young sous chef at Craft, and I I think I had like nineteen components. Like it's so beyond the I my rules now are like three or four components. Yeah, yeah. Just like I just don't like. And then I did this and this, and it's like. It's just like me make it was two things. It was me like making sure that the servers knew that this was not Shannon's, this was not my boss's dish, this was my dish. You know, like there's like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's too long to fit on the page, it's my dish. Yeah. Um and I told him like, Oh, and I put this in there and he's like, I didn't taste that. It's like I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> right. I didn't taste vanilla tarragon. I'm like, Oh, it's in there. He's like, Why do you put things in the dish if you can't taste them? And mm. I was like, Oh, God, he's fucking the, right. The Riddler's at the my Riddler's table. table. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so like, you know, ever, ever you know, it, I, you know, at, in the moment, never would have resonated in any way, shape, or form. It took like four months, maybe a year, to be like, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't put mm. shit in there if it doesn't, yeah, you know, yeah. doesn't do anything. You and the, the breading you made was pretty simple too. Yeah. Uh, what did you put? AP in there? flour, cornstarch, a little baking powder. And then, so I dredged it a little bit, 
uh, in that, and then we egged, and then we went back into the dredge, yeah. right into the fry. Yeah, and um, and then topped a little kosher salt. Yeah, I should have put which... salt in the in the dredge. But I've seen topping it with the kosher salt. Yeah, I like it because then you get a yeah. nice you crunch of nice crunch salt. Yeah. I like that. And it, and it doesn't really adhere. I mean, in the first, like, straight onto the skin, maybe season a little before. Yeah, yeah. But like before uh, dredging it. Yeah. 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 Now, what about the sauce? I kind of just threw it together. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you made us a sauce. So and there's some mirin. Uh, there's some uh, rice wine vinegar. Uh, usually, I would use kewpie mayo. Do you know what kewpie mayo yeah, is? Yeah, it's like the, the, the Japanese, Japanese mayo. mayo. Yeah. Is a higher fat content? I don't know what it is God, that makes it the I way. Just it, shot a s- show where we talked all about it, and I, I, I wish I knew more because it's it's I, very good. It's definitely the best mayo out there. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, but, I mean that's actually like once I had QP mayo is when I was like, I'll give mm, mayo another give mayo shot. Another I guess. shot. And I got that light mayo. Have you ever had the like baked crab roll at Katsuya? Um, I do not like baked rolls, so no. The, but you try should try it. this Maybe one. I'll they don't like bake that. the roll. They bake the crab and then make the roll. Oh, okay, cool. So it's like it's it's like your tr- traditional Japanese crab mm-hmm. of like mostly imitation with just a little bit of actual crab meat. Yeah. And then just a bunch of that kewpie mayo and uh, they bake it and it's real nice. When I went to Japan, I was like all about the rice balls. Yeah, the, ni- the oh, nigiri. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's just filled with cu- something with kewpie mayo. Something with kewpie, <laughs> for so sure. Good. So, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I I can't even imagine. I got to get that so that I can make this. Because yeah. I actually really, really like the taste of the sauce. Did you try it? Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I just wish it was I'd thicker. Fairly certain. Yeah, the kewpie would have um, given me a better handle on the ratio. I didn't. You're uh, you're weird mayo. It's a light it's mayo. Light, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's from uh, it didn't even stick to the bottle. It was just yeah. like sliding <laughs> yeah. around there like homemade slime. Yeah, it's disgusting. Um, but uh, QP also makes an eggless one. You have to order it. Uh, it's hard to find in the stores. I mean, that's cool. I don't mind it. No, I want it to be. If I'm gonna eat the mayo, I you want, want it. it to be egg. I love egg salad. Yeah, but I hate Ugh. mayo. Have you had the what a gross um, sentence? That sandwich, the, the sandwich, the, yeah, yeah. No, no. I haven't. Made, I don't go to the east side that much, but I want to. You're dead center, and you're staying here. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> no, like, I mean, I'll go. Proper, I'll go. It's just is... I don't go. Uh, you know what it is? I go places with my girlfriend. We check out restaurants yeah. together. She's been gone. I don't go by myself. But this seems like a good one to it's go a good, to. It's it a good. It's a really good. It's a really good sandwich, and I mean, the, not just for the Instagrammability of it. It's like it's I'm a, not even gonna take a single picture. Does, does somebody put the <laughs> food out of its misery? Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And then what's this bulldog sauce? So yeah, this is this is my, like, is this something you've talked about before? Oh yeah, I think we've he used has it. it in the, he has it in the fridge. Yeah. Oh, this is yours? Um, no, no, no. I that, brought this yeah. one. Uh, are we expired? Holy shit! It doesn't really expire. It's a suggestion. It was, it was very recent. Too. <laughs> it's like, it looks it's like it's been two weeks. There. Yeah, yeah, nine twenty-two, nine twenty-nineteen. That's not bad. Uh, it's less, uh, less than two weeks. Um, but no, I mean, it, it probably you know it's made out of vegetables and stuff. Uh, so it's tonkatsu sauce, which is like the traditional sauce that you would see on like chicken katsu. Yeah. Which or like pork katsu or something yeah. like that. Um, it the way I don't know. It just it just lends itself very well to fried chicken in in my mind. It's kind of like a one. Yeah. It's, it's like Japanese it's, A1. It's Japanese steak sauce. Um, and that's that's what it reminds me of. And I love A1. Yeah. So I'm all about this. I did overdo it, though. 
when once. You went, when you went too much, and then it was... I, I yeah, I just ate it like on everything for like three weeks, and then that was this that. is my first time having it in like probably a year. And I like, I think I'm back on the train. Maybe that it's expired too. It's a little. Uh... Yeah, that's that's like it's, <laughs> it's uh, familiar to me. The expired one. Um, so what then? When did you start altered plates? 2015 on a road trip while I was still working at Soho House, I went to speak at the Golden Tarp Awards, which is a light deprivation contest that they have in Humboldt. You guys know what light deprivation is? <laughs> Trying to block light out of it. Um, so, so cannabis is a plant that flowers. It's harvest time right now in, in early October. Mm-hmm. Um, it flowers this time of year. Uh, when the days of uh, the the hours of the day get shorter, mm-hmm. so the hours of the day are closer to twelve hours of uh, daylight and twelve hours of sunlight. If you know anything about indoor cultivation, that's when they the light cycle is run so that the plants are actually flowering. When they're in vegetative or they're growing prior to flowering, they're growing under eighteen hours of sunlight and six hours of dark. So the change and shift of the um, light that they get in during the day is what forces them and causes them to finish and flower. So if they're grown inside of a greenhouse, you can cover them with a tarp and then block out the light and therefore are able to produce flowers uh, in July or uh, August. Tricking it. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you're you're removing um, hours of the day, adding less supplemental light. It's actually a lower impact way of producing lots of quality flower. And you're actually able to produce uh, types of like a spectrum of light that the the cannabis plant like would never be able to actually get in the natural environment. Sure, yeah. So, you know, it's like that full summer sun is the thing that's flowering it versus the type of, um, you know, light quality that we're getting this time of year that's finishing the plant. So this contest um, is is essentially it's in our it was in Garberville. And it would it was like judging these different qualities um, of the the cannabis that was entered, and I got the chance to smoke a little bit of that. Um, didn't really make it through any judging in any way, shape, or form, but uh, <laughs> I got to speak on some panels, and we talked about sort of you know connoisseurship. And at that point, I'd done a few things for like members of of the club. Oh yeah, like through through some you know. You know, like, yeah, I heard you do yeah, this. Kind of yeah, that kind of thing. Like, I had a few relationships that worked out. And so I was kind of, like, already back into it a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I definitely had not participated in cannabis commerce in any way, shape, or form in a long, long time. I'd been growing, you know, as big of plants as I could for the last few years uh, prior to that uh, in Topanga under, you know, my completely legal medical, yeah, yeah. medical spiel. Um, but this was, like, the first time I like walked around and humble and I'm like, there's some fucking like money here. What the fuck's like, yeah, this is yeah. like an industry. There's brands, there's this, there's that and the other. So Rachel and I on the way back, um, we're just like, let's, let's start this event company thing. And it took a while, but like, you know, we started slowly before the TV show, just like kind of puttering about like through some of the rich people that we knew through these kind of like, and for a while there, they were like, billionaires kind of like using us yeah yeah as like we're inviting these people and they're and then they hire us and then like it was like oh we'll show you what party we and like it's just like 
caviar and like they were like five hundred dollars a head parties. They were fucking. It was pretty awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, like first <laughs> first year, I was like, man, we only had to do this like six times, and like <laughs> these are huge. You know, they were pretty pretty well paid sort of events. Yeah. Um, and then everybody was doing it. Yeah, yeah. And then we got into we got really into the uh, like the bigger format events, and that's like when I started like seeing Mike and Mary Jane around all the time, and like all these people that you know are part of the like I don't know, it's really weird. Like I don't see them all the time, but now when I see them in events, it's like we've yeah. we've made it through this. Like the yeah, 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 like we've yeah. made it through this. Like really, like it was really scary. Sixty four becoming like legalization was really gnarly. Yeah, yeah. We're added value, you know? Like, we're the icing on the cake. If if companies aren't throwing parties because they're not companies anymore, then, you know, we're not working, we're not paying our bills. So the actual legalization for us was probably one of the more challenging things to, right. to navigate. Um, but we made it through. We got, um, got the, the James Beard um, dinner this year. Yeah. That was really fun. Tell the, the you make something at that. Uh, so I we did the whole thing. We threw an, an exploration of uh, terpenes. So we talked about terpenes and the role that they play in not just uh, food but cannabis as well. And explain and to people what terpenes are. Terpenes are aromatic molecules that are responsible for the scents and flavors of aromas of everything that you know and experience. Not just flavor and food touchstones, but you know the color green in uh, a leaf is a terpene. Okay. Um, Life is very dull without them, mm. um, but they also play a pivotal role in our digestion and our in our physical health. Um, it's sort of all the like eat your veggies shit your mom was telling you your whole life is is drastically true. And like these these flavorful plant based ingredients actually have like an amazing effect on our bodies. And we and we only know about them and are talking about them because they also have a role in what uh, cannabis does for us as well. And um, it's basically like there's this really amazingly interesting thing that people are only talking about or even like interested in because it's got pot in it first. They're like right. pot, pot has it too. Yeah. You know, so like pot's making this thing that's like in everything actually cool. Mm. So we got to examine terpenes and we did some pairings with wine. But the thing that we did, which I was the most excited about, was we took hemp flower uh, that was grown in the Hudson Valley and we put it on the table uh, and we did aromatic pairings with some of the dishes that we did. So, like, the guests would, you know, smell the, the cannabis and, and, you know, the, the inspiration for the dish or oh, cool. some sort of, you know, examination or, you know, explanation was uh, you know, shared between the, the plant and the, the, the food itself. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so pretty now, cool. Now with your business, you do... Big catered events, like you yeah. said, and then you also do private dinners. We do private dinners still. Yeah. We do big catered events. Um, really starting to work with brands on on product development. Mm -hmm. um, I I think there's a lot of area of growth with that. Um, you know, my pastry background sort of lends itself pretty well to that. Um, and uh, now that sort of all the dust is settled, I think you'll start to see like really amazing stuff come out of that area. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. super excited for that. I think we both are. Yeah, there's. Um, I feel like this was something you brought up. Did you? Ha when did you have his cake at Mike and Mary Jane's show? <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say. Speaking of pastry chef, I, I had your cake. Yeah, um, which we talked about this before. <clears throat> it was a lemon buttercream cake. I think it was like just it was like sponge cake layers, right? Yeah, it and was like I a did, yellow cake. And then almost. I did like yeah, it was like a yellow cake, and then I did lemon curd. 
the yeah the lemon curd it was like it was, lemon curd. It was in between the layers right and then you could spoon more on yeah it was amazing and then i did uh that's just like me empty. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want the rest of this lemon. Here, just take the rest of it. <laughs> I think I did. Uh, I think I did uh, sour cream frosting on the outside. Oh, so good. It's like Mike sent me a text while I was like driving. Mike's like, is this sour cream? I'm like, I think so. I, I like had one piece and then I got <clears throat> another piece and then halfway through it was like, actually, I should probably stop. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, it wasn't the strongest cake, but it, that's like. It was pretty interesting for me because I'm like, look, this is just a big no-no. It's like, <laughs> if I told any of my lawyers about this, they would tell me not to do this. <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. like Instagramming about it, of course. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like... What you goes, it to well, him. Like, what goes, <laughs> uh, what goes on at, at the improv anyways? I, you know, <laughs> God bless it. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, more power hey, to that. you're speaking to the first podcast to ever record in the That's lab. That's true, yeah. Improv. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, Pretty you know, they're deal. doing like, they're doing <laughs> like stuff that kind of pushes the envelope a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it's. It's like a little thing I can do that still harkens back to the way this thing all used to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, That's a, a really fun yeah. escape for you. It was. Yeah. It was. It was like you know. I, I think I had like forty other things that I had needed to be doing that day. <laughs> <and> like, <laughs> barely like drove drove all crazy, and then like I had my friend come meet me, and I like just I'm like I need to find parking here. Hold this. Like another cakes. reason to drive from Topanga Canyon. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm driving from Topanga as well <laughs> with a cake. Um, uh, so where can people find uh, your site and your, um, and your Instagram? We have uh, alteredplateshospitality.com is our website. Uh, our Instagrams are Chef Holden Jagger, uh, Altered Plates Hospitality, and Smoke Sip Saver is my sister. Mm. Um, we used to have just Altered Plates, but they took it down. Because mm. of the weed? Because of the weed. Well, yeah. Something. Instagram did? Yeah, we didn't really get to the bottom of it. I oh. was really upset about it when I did Mike and Mary Jane's podcast, and it was yeah. it was fresh then. Yeah, I think I've passed it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on, and thank you for cooking and educating yeah. us. That was very informative. That's I, the most if informative we've ever been. You guys, you guys about high week. enough? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm starting to get like a little buzz at the top of my head. My eyes feel comfy. There you go. Um, for sure. And um, yeah, we had that joint. I cool. feel great. This great. was great. Um, I guess we have to do tincture next time, just straight up. Nah, I'm still gonna fuck with it. I say fuck with it. It's still it's fun, you know. Like I I don't roll otherwise most yeah. of the time now, but like there's crazy things you could do. You could wrap it in leaves. You could you know. I Whoa, mean, that would do something if you no, it. but like no. it's inclusion, inclusion right? Sure. It's it's fun, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. I think. I, th- I try to look at cannabis as an ingredient, you know? Like, yeah. It's just something we haven't gotten the chance to really fuck around with yet. I mean, to be honest, I think this should be the last time we ever do it on the show. Okay. I feel like we've done it. This is our third time. And how, you know. Yeah, where do we go from where here? Where do we go from here? The second time we did it, we, we switched it. We did like cereal and Dorito breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, like not infused, but just like regular, just to spice it up a little bit. But now we've had a professional chef come on and do it. You know, we've done it a bunch of different times, different ways. Next year for 420, what do we do? We'll have church to bake sale. Out. Church bake sale. Get church bake um, <laughs> yeah, sale. Like just roll up to a church. Hey. Anyone. <laughs> Y'all any got church. nuggets? <laughs> just start selling chicken nuggets. Y'all want to be on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Sister Judy, get in here. 
Um, well, th- yeah, thank you again for being on. Yeah. This is very, very kind of you and, and to spend your time with us and to make us chicken. And that was great. And yeah, was seriously. Amazing chicken. I love, again, the, the, the breading. I, I feel like I'm breading forward. And um, so I like that it's, it is like, it's like a dense crunch but not like an overbearing crunch does that make sense i'm trying i've been trying to like put into into words in my head the whole episode and i can't but it's great the best way to describe a very the way, pleasurable mouthfeel the way my Ooh. teeth go through it is like the way my teeth go through like a shortbread cookie Ooh. where it's like that's that's actually really uh on point it's like uh, I would say that's that's not it's crispy but it's it's still like crisp enough that you get that nice like I'm biting something. Well, a yeah. good shortbread should be dense, buttery, kind of like right. like mm-hmm. a meat almost in the middle. You know? Yeah. So that, that's, a, that's, that's, how, a, that's that's what it reminded me of. That's a good description. I like that. There we go. I'll take that go. one to the bank. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. you, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Tender Friends Pod on Twitter at Tender Friends. Uh, this is week two of Chef Month. If you've liked it so far, we've had two amazing interviews. Um, and uh, we're really proud of this little theme that yeah, we hobbled together here. Hey, we're doing something. We're doing it. Um, uh, leave us a review. Give us five stars. Uh, because we <laughs> give, it to us. Just give it to give us. Give it to, it to us. us. Fucking put it on her. Uh, and we'll be back next week for week three. Um, I would say our final interview with the chef, but we should, I mean, if we have Royce here, we should a- interview him as well, not just we'll talk about judge. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about him. So our third to last... I still have yet to speak with him, but... Yeah, we haven't confirmed with Royce. <laughs> Royce, as of now, does You got not me the today, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, we're very persuasive. And uh, <laughs> next week, we're very excited because uh, this particular chef is the owner and founder of the current number one ranked tender... For the tender friends, Hal and Ray's. So, uh, we are very excited to have Johnny Ray Zone on next week. Yeah, I'm uh, so from Hal and Ray's to talk about um, why he's the number one ranked tender and why Hal and Ray's pops off the way it does. <laughs> He'll never tell us. We're very excited to do that. Uh, then again, wrap it up week four with our friends from the, uh, Taste Made podcast, Table Setting, and uh, Royce Burke. You pulled that right out of your ass. I was ass. like, what that is it? What great. is it? What I could see it? it in your eyes. You're like, I don't know what it's called. I, I, don't I know, know what, what it called. is. Uh, and we're going to go head to head. And I just you know, stole some tips from Holden and Eric. And uh, we'll see what Johnny has to offer me. I'm just going to make frozen dino nuggets. Yeah, right. Could you imagine we did all this and just made frozen <laughs> tenders? Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Uh, Holden, thank you again for being on. Goodbye. Bye. Tender friend.